This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. This is the third annual Bay Area Economic Summit uh, from the Royal Botanical Gardens. And uh, this is a, uh, as I mentioned in my commentary about an hour ago on CHML, uh, a very eventful, a very important day for both cities, the cities of Burlington and Hamilton. Uh, economic summits, economic development, of course, are key to any city's future. And the collaborations that have been struck between these two cities have uh, been remarkable and, and, frankly, very successful, I think, over the years. As uh, we've talked about, uh, many community organizations, of course, uh, between these two cities have been working collaborative, collaboratively for a long time. The YMCA, the, the United Way, and so many other agencies, the realtors. Uh, and uh, the cities are starting to work now. There was a time, and it wasn't too long ago, when Hamilton and Burlington thought, well, we're competitors. We've got to get this one. We don't, they got that one. we got to get this company. Uh, we all grow when everybody is successful, and uh, there are so many similarities between these two cities, and that's one of the themes I know that we're going to talk about during the summit today. Uh, the who's who of business leaders and political leaders in uh, the Hamilton-Burlington area are here today. As a fact, so is the Premier. Premier Kathleen Wynne uh, is here, and she'll be uh, joining us a little bit later on this hour uh, right here from the RBG to talk about uh, some of the provincial initiatives and the support that they're going to be offering for Hamilton and Burlington uh, and so many other different things, too. I mean, the Port Authority, John C. Monroe International Airport, uh, the uh, active uh, bosses from both cities are going to join us on the program, the city managers. And as has become our custom over the last, uh, well, three years now, uh, we start off the program, of course, with the, the mayors of the city of Hamilton and Burlington. Uh, Rick Goldring, the mayor for the city of Burlington, Fred Eisenberger, mayor for the city of Hamilton, both with us here at uh, the RBG to kick off the Economic Summit. Gentlemen, first of all, thanks for uh, coming here today, and uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, always good to be here, Bill, and uh, you know, great opportunity for us to kind of uh, partner again on uh, the kind of the economic region that we uh, keep talking about is kind of the competitor to uh, some other major regions uh, around the world, and uh, I think that something that the Premier talked about this morning, uh, the, the regional economy and how strong it needs to be to be able to compete globally uh, with uh, other city-centered regions like San Francisco or New York City or uh, you know even uh, you know, European uh, centers like Madrid and and uh, you know Amsterdam and uh, and France in fact so we we compete against those regions and so collaborating with uh, municipalities and with uh, with the, the province of Ontario is such an important issue we, we've talked about that in the past though uh, Rick, uh, Mr. Mayor about about regional uh, economic development and uh, it's I, I know people get a little skittish sometimes when you use the phrase global economy but that's the reality and, and we've got to be competitive in that global economy it is the reality and i would say that it really hamilton burlington don't compete against each other we're competing as fred says we're competing with uh, with global markets uh, around the world so it's really important that we uh, synergize and, and leverage our relationship and uh, you know we are part of the greater toronto hamilton area which as we heard from the premier this morning represents 20 percent of the gross domestic product uh, across canada and we are a significant part of of the greater toronto hamilton area so we contribute greatly to the economic sustainability of canada and uh, there's all sorts of benefits of us working together uh, seeing our companies thrive seeing our companies being more uh, connected working more effectively with each other so we can be competitive so we can make a, a global impact as so many other companies are doing there were a number of themes for the the summit this year and i want to touch on a few of them if i could with uh, both mayors since they're here with us uh, the one that i find intriguing of course is the innovation corridor uh, I was just talking with uh, David Carter from the Innovation Factory uh, in Hamilton a couple of minutes ago. We grabbed a quick coffee uh, between sessions here. 
And uh, he was telling me that their Lions Lair competition is rolling along, and they're going to have their uh, finalists, of course, and we'll have them on the program. It has becoming our custom. But but that is such a key element to this. Uh, the McMaster Innovation Park, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, that developed some years ago in the Innovation Factory as part of that. Uh, and, and I'll get Mayor Goldwyn to talk about how it's happening with uh, the incubator project that's happening in Burlington right now. That's an absolutely essential tool to economic development, isn't it? Uh, extremely so. And, uh, you know, actually yesterday we uh, we announced the Helton Health Sciences and IBM, or yeah. we launched the Helton Health Sciences IBM uh, innovation, uh, you know, makerspace that uh, is going to be brilliant and, uh, you know, it provides opportunity for entrepreneurial uh, individuals to come up with ideas that uh, that can lead the way in terms of the next health sciences wave that we know is going to be very very important in terms of how we manage our budgets and how we deliver health care in our in our communities and so uh, all of those innovation spaces are, are terribly important uh, we are we are actively part of the uh, innovation cluster which is Toronto Kitchener Waterloo uh, Hamilton Burlington uh, Brampton even uh, and, and you know, we're, again, it, it's a, it's an area that is going to be competing with major other technological clusters around the world. And so, the federal government has introduced uh, a funding uh, envelope, uh, some hundred nine hundred fifty million dollars, and we're certainly keen as a as a group to come together and uh, and figure out how we can take advantage of that funding and and uh, really drive the innovation technology cluster to a to a to a higher level. Uh, ably led by uh, you know one of the kind of the leaders in this area, uh, Tom Jenkins uh, from Open Text, who's really doing a stellar job of trying to bring all of this together into a one cohesive cluster that uh, can compete against other clusters globally. The interesting aspect of that too, you know, when we saw the success of, of BlackBerry, for instance, uh, Rick and and what was happening in KW, and and we looked with great envy and said, why can't we do something like that around here? But we've developed our own technologies in this area, in the Hamilton-Burlington area, uh, to the point that, as, as Mayor Eisenberger just said, uh, and they're now calling us and saying, look, you guys are doing something we aren't doing or can't do yet. Why don't we just team up as, as, as one? And all of a sudden, that cluster that we just talked about is getting larger and larger, isn't it? Oh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. As I say, we need to leverage those uh, re- those relationships and recognizing that the economy is so different than it was as far as the how jobs are created than it was 50, 60 years ago. And as a kid growing up in Burlington, uh, you know, so many people worked in Hamilton because of steel mills and, and because of Firestone and these big industrial companies that are no longer have the same presence. So, you know, we've transitioned from an industrial age to more of an information age. And uh, we're finding that more and more jobs are being created by small and medium-sized business. And 40% of new jobs in Canada are from companies that are less than five years old. So what Hamlin's doing and McMaster's doing at Innovation Park and what we're doing at our new tech place is giving younger entrepreneurs the opportunity to get a um, to get a launch uh, of their new businesses and to provide them with a support network that, that can help them be successful and help them grow businesses, to help them create jobs, to help them c- help contribute to prosperity in our region uh, is significant. So I, I'm pleased with what Hamilton and McMaster are doing. I'm pleased what we're doing uh, in Burlington. And, and it's obviously we're leveraging and working closely, let me, closely let me, with Let me other. add to that, though. The, you know, there's this whole uh, growth issue that we're dealing with uh, in the province of Ontario, some growth uh, Targets set up by the premier and the uh, the province, and uh, we're we're you know looking to meet those targets, largely going to be met by immigration. Immigration, 
And so how we how we embrace immigration and then make opportunities available to them to to innovate and create is going to be a very very key issue in terms of how we create future jobs. So all of these great innovation spaces, innovation factory, the the recently announced one, which I'm, I'm not sure. Tech place. Tech yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, in Burlington and uh, and the new IBM uh, Health Sciences cluster. I mean, is really focused on bringing all people together and in in, in many respects trying to capture the talent that's arriving here and finding, uh, giving them an opportunity to actually create something that can create jobs locally here. There are some common elements to what uh, both cities are doing and, and the things they're doing collaboratively too. And, and you both touched on McMaster University. Uh, we didn't do a very good job some years ago uh, when I got into council and politics back in the late 1990s. You were already a veteran there by then Fred, uh, as a city <laughs> councilor. Uh, but, but by those days, uh, we tended to work in silos. There was the education settlement, there was medical stuff here and some research going on, and then there was the political thing. The collaboration that's going on right now is, is, is just incredible, and McMaster plays a key role in that. And, and I look at, for instance, we were talking about innovation, and uh, you know, and every year when I do the Lions Layer finalists on our program here on CHML, I'm surprised at the number of them that said, yeah, yeah, my instructor at DeGroote, or my instructor here. McMaster plays a key role in both communities now, Rick, about what's happening with ad innovation and encouraging that innovation and, and, and fostering it. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're pleased the fact that the last number of years, the McMaster School of Advanced Management is in Burlington at the Ron Joyce Center at the DeGroote School of Business on the uh, on the South Service Road. Uh, that's been a great addition to our community um, and uh, really gives business the opportunity to connect with McMaster and, and, and uh, have the uh, students uh, contribute greatly uh, to our city and businesses in our city. But also we do want to talk about the announcement that we mm-hmm. made this morning jointly with Mohawk College yep. between the city of Burlington and the city of Hamilton. That's a great example of collaboration and innovation. Yeah, Ron McCurley is going to come on and talk about that, but it, it, it mentions... I know when I dropped my son off at your master uh, on the campus there, at the Hamilton campus, there's the shuttle bus, uh, the Ron George shuttle bus between Hamilton and Burlington, which is a reminder about the collaboration that's going on. And, and that expertise uh, and, and that instruction is going on from city to city, you know, from there to there and back again. And it, it just shows, I guess, the, the, the oneness and the unification of the two communities working towards a common goal. But, uh, I mean, you, you talked about the silo issue, and, uh, you know, the, we're, we're, we're so past that, uh, that kind of dynamic that used to be very much prevalent in, in all of our operations and all of our communities between all the sectors. Today, we, yeah, you know, we wasn't have, the only one that was guilty. Of that, no, no, right. I mean it was everywhere. It was pervasive. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think we're breaking those down very significantly. And successful communities and regions find ways of collaborating with their major institutions. So the Mohawks, the McMasters, the Community Foundation, the uh, the city, the uh, the uh, the economic development departments. You know, when we're uh, the uh, gardens. Yeah, 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 RBG, yeah. Here we uh, are. And, and you know, we all have a role to play. In, in fact, in terms of housing, so Hamilton Health Sciences has to house people. Uh, you know, through healthcare, and they also have to house them. Temporarily through uh, through uh, uh, re- remediation or uh, or healing, and so can they be a partner in providing affordable housing in our community? Uh, you know, and one of the uh, one of the t- statements that uh, Rob McIsaac made, and I think this is so very true. If you want to deal with poverty, uh, deal deal with uh, deal with health care and deal with health care issues, and vice versa. And so we we need to collaborate on these issues because uh, all of them are inter interrelated and interconnected. And uh, if we can do that effectively then we're going to be so much better off. So the, the announcement this morning on the partnering on climate change between uh, Hamilton and Burlington and then partnering up with Mohawk as part of their innovation center is just another uh, avenue for us to do more and better and get better better uh, traction on the CO2 emissions and uh, and uh, greenhouse gas uh, reductions and start meeting those climate change issues that are going to be so prevalent in our community. Rick, how do we get... 
our minds turned around at that avenue. Instead of being reactive to situations, uh, which always had us behind the eight ball and playing catch up, to being proactive and, and being on the leading edge of some of this this new technology, educationally, uh, research-wise, etc. There's a, there's a wide variety of things that are going to be affected by this, but it, it it all happens first of all with attitude, doesn't it? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. We have to be open to, for collaboration. And I think this uh, announcement that we made this morning with Mohawk College around a center for climate change management. And I said in my comments uh, earlier that, you know, municipalities and government are great about coming up with these great uh, grandiose plans. It's a big challenge to, to implement and to execute. And now we have a partner like uh, Mohawk College, which is going to have a subject uh, matter experts that can guide us in certain areas that we really can make a difference in, in lowering greenhouse gas emissions in the Greater Bay Area and equally as important creating jobs from the new economy that's the result of a low carbon economy. We have great opportunities that we're going to leverage together. Both of you uh, in your young political careers were strong advocates for environmental change and environmental stewardship. And, and in those days, one of the biggest arguments that both of you fought against was this old idea that, well, if you do that, the economy suffers. You can't do both. Uh, you, you've got to both be gratified by the fact that we finally have, I think, had this awakening and this epiphany that you can do both. As a matter of fact, when you are a good steward of the environment, your, your economy is going to benefit. No yeah, question. I mean, fortunately, uh, you know, we, uh, we we accept the fact that climate change exists, uh, which is not uh, not something that's necessarily not everybody happening, does apparently not happening across the border, but uh, you know, for in some some cases, certainly happening on city on the cities across North America. So cities across North America have banded together and said, we believe climate change is going to be a significant issue, and we're going to collectively take steps to make changes on the localized level. And in fact, when you think about it, most of the actions that need to be taken to uh, to affect climate change are going to happen happen in municipalities. And we've done lots already. So, you know, Burlington has done plenty in terms of, uh, you know, energy and uh, greenhouse gas reductions. The uh, city of Hamilton certainly has. We've greened our fleet. We collect biogas at the uh, sewage treatment plant. We've got uh, compressed natural gas buses. I mean, the list is long, but we need, we need uh, you know, independent research to tell us what the next steps need to be. And, you know, whether it's oversizing uh, water pipes based on flooding issues or, you know, whatever that is, uh, we need to take it to the next level if we're going to meet some of the uh, Paris Accord targets. And, and certainly we, our ambition is to meet those 50% targets by 2050. I think that's, uh, that's really the goal and objective. And to, to the benefit of our taxpayers and for future jobs. Uh, these are job-creating opportunities that... Uh, Talk about a new economy, not only on tech, but on uh, on the environment and uh, generating our energy in different ways. That's one of the, again, one of the concerns that was always raised, though, uh, Rick, was, uh, you know, oh, this green economy, it sounds wonderful on a philosophical level, but what about what are these green jobs you're talking about? That's starting to become a reality now, too. Oh, it is a reality. There are all sorts of examples of, of new companies. In Burlington, for example, we have an emerging water technology sector, and Hamilton has a number of those those. Uh, um, uh, companies as well and and very clearly we are seeing opportunities for our companies based in the Bay Area that can do business and help with clean water technology all over the world so there's all sorts of examples of different sectors that are thriving as a result of addressing environmental issues and addressing climate change issues I saw this uh, firsthand, obviously, a couple of years ago uh, before we started the, the Collaborative Economic Summit. I think the last year we did it at Hamilton alone. It was uh, at the uh, McMaster Automotive Research Center just down the road. 
from us at Longwood Road. And uh, I was amazed because I was totally unaware until I was told that day about the amount of research that's going on about clean energy and clean fuels and cleaning up uh, automotive fuels that's done right here in Hamilton. That is a technology that's been using all over the world. So that's, this is not new for this area, is it? This has been going on for quite some time. Yeah, it's it's just accelerating, and I think uh, we need to we need to accelerate with it. So we can't be uh, can't be left behind, and uh, and certainly the uh, the tech cluster uh, kind of approach and and the collaborative approach that we're dealing with in terms of climate change is a is a mirror to what we did and, and did so successfully with the remedial action plan on the harbor. So started almost 35 years ago. Uh, you know, we had partners from the provincial, federal governments, municipalities, all coming together and saying we cannot leave our harbor in the state that it's in. We need to fix it. Um, and uh, Jill Simmons, as you recall, was the champion that mm-hmm. kind of uh, was the canary in the coal mine that said we got to stop doing this. And since then, we've made enormous progress collectively. And so uh, we could try to do this individually. Probably won't be very successful. We'll do our little bit. Collectively, we're going to do much, much better in all areas of uh, endeavor, including uh, technology and climate change. Well, we saw that action uh, even when there was a change in government about how the the members of parliament for this area fought uh, for that and for the stuff at Randall Reef and a couple of other things, too. Uh, so much more to talk about, but uh, we're right out of time, and you guys have other sessions to go to. Uh, thank you so much for the great work that you're doing, and once again for popping in here and, uh, and starting off the session with us today. It's great to have you with us here. Thanks, and, uh, and thanks for coming out again this year, Bill. We great appreciate to have it. you. Thanks, oh, thanks always always welcome the invitation. Uh, Burlington Mayor Rick Goldring and, of course, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Thank you once again, gentlemen. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Whatever happens in those NAFTA negotiations are going to have a direct impact on us here in Ontario, uh, and more specifically here in the Hamilton-Burlington area. We've talked about the new economy. Uh, We've talked about some of the innovations that have been happening here in the last little while. And obviously those NAFTA negotiations, among so many other things, uh, are going to be factored into uh, how and uh, when and to how, what extent rather, uh, we're going to prosper through those negotiations. So what role does the provincial government play in this? Well, it's a big one, quite frankly. And uh, to that end, we are so pleased to welcome back to the program the Premier of the Province of Ontario, the Honourable Kathleen Wynne. Good get to see you again. Thanks Great for coming in you. today. Thank you. Uh, Great it's to be an here. early start. Did you get your run in today before you got I over here? I did not, but I'm going to run Shame home. On you. <laughs> I'm going to run home from work tonight. So. Well, I tell you, I just heard the traffic reports on the Queenie. You may just run back to Queen's Park. <laughs> it, it may be faster. Get there faster. faster. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about this. And, and we're pretty excited about the collaboration that's gone on between Hamilton and Burlington in the last little while. And you know the themes, of course. I know you spoke about it earlier this morning uh, here at the summit, about uh, driving regional and global connectivity, about regional goods movement. Uh, Suffice to say, the province plays a major role in, in the economic plans and the economic future of these two communities. Absolutely. And I I talked about that this morning, Bill. Um, You know, there are a number of um, fronts on which we have been working. Uh, I think that probably the most important, well I guess there are a couple that are very important, but um, the educated workforce in this uh, province is a huge advantage for us. And so, you know, there's no coincidence you've got Mohawk College here um, talking with folks. I mean, the the role that we play in the province to make sure that everyone who wants to and is able to can go to college or university or get a training, um, that is that is our advantage. Businesses tell me all the time that they come to Ontario because of our highly educated and highly skilled workforce. So the free tuition that we've put in place that starts this September for kids who otherwise might 
be worried about the debt or come from low-income families, um, that's going to make a huge difference to about 230,000 kids uh, come September. So that is hugely important. The other investment, so that's an investment in people. The other investment that is critical, and I know it's been a hot topic in this region, is investment in infrastructure, particularly yep. transit mm-hmm. infrastructure. And I, you know, I showed a map in my remarks today of the connectivity that we're uh, we're engendering by investing in 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 light rail, in bus rapid transit, in the GO, uh, the GO system, regional express rail, all of that makes a difference to the economic development of the region. And, and that's key, and it's, it's the plans are, I, I think there's great anticipation about the plans, obviously, not just here in the Hamilton-Burlington community, uh, but all the way down to Niagara eventually, and I know that's part of the long-term plan. And the building plan. started, you know, yeah. it's not, it's, we're just not at the planning stage, we've got, we've got work going on all over the province, and shovels in the ground. Well, Mayor Eisenberger, Mayor Goldwyn just got back from the Large Urban Mayors Conference in Ottawa a week or two ago, and they were telling me about the work that's going on in that LRT system Absolutely. with Mayor Watson, and uh, that's moving along swimmingly, we are told. And but I understand, I understand that the the BIAs, the, the Hamilton Chamber and the Burlington Chamber, the Hamilton Chamber particularly, are going to be working with businesses to kind of do a bit of a promotion on making Already sure that people, that yeah, so that that people know to come down and uh, even when the construction's going on, because it, it is disruptive. But if we don't disrupt, then we don't get the innovation, right? Let me ask you about something else, though, and it's another offshoot of this. And and the people movement is absolutely essential. I, I agree with you totally. But one of the other elements that's going to be discussed here to a great extent is goods movement. And uh, we, we have, uh, I think, a unique approach and a unique situation here in the Bay Area uh, with uh, one of the largest cargo airports in, in the country. Yeah. Uh, we have rail transport, although it's not as good as it used to be in the past, but that's a federal government issue. Uh, we have the, the harbor here and the water that's going on here uh, and road infrastructure, too. I mean, the, the problem that a lot of the businesses are telling us about here, Premier, is, listen, how do we get the goods from here to market mm-hmm. in an efficient way? And, of course, we're uh, with the airport here as well. I mean, we're, we're, we're connected. We seem to have all the elements right now. But because of gridlock, because of a couple of other issues that that are affecting that kind of transportation right now, there's a problem getting goods to market. How do, how does the province help in that situation? Well, I think I, mean, I think in a couple of ways. Um, the the first one I've already talked about, making direct investments yeah. and uh, making sure that we do what we can in terms of building. I have had conversations with the harbor folks. I think that um, we need to we need to have a federal, municipal, provincial discussion about the intermodal uh, hub that Hamilton is. Um, I know that there was a, a discussion not that long ago about the. Um, the airport and how it could be, how its function could be expanded in terms of uh, of goods movement. So I think what we can do as a province, and maybe this is something that we uh, we work with Ted and Eleanor on, how do we facilitate that that discussion federally and municipally and provincially? Because it really, we've got to have everybody at the table, Bill. We got to, you got to get our heads around some stuff. I remember going to a meeting at Queens Park years ago uh, with uh, Ted McMeekin and others, uh, and talking about Highway H two O. And about the the importance yeah. of things like short sea shipping and things of this nature, uh, we got away from from using water as a main transportation. I mean, we live on the Great Lakes for crying out loud. I mean, we have to look at it, an, an an asset like that and, and probably maximize it. I'm not so sure we're doing that. Well, I and and you know when I was Minister of Transportation is actually when I had those uh, mm-hmm. those conversations about the Highway H20 and the that blue highway. So uh, so I agree with you, but that.
that really is something that needs a three-way discussion. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't as a province take full responsibility for uh, for that. We can partner with the feds and with uh, with the municipality, but we need we need everybody at the table. And the same with rail, as you've said. You've had discussions. I was mentioning just before you joined us here about, uh, uh, well, Bridget Matheson's going to join us, of course, from the Canada U.S. Relations Business Affairs, uh, to talk about NAFTA and the impact mm-hmm. that it's going to have on, on uh, first of all, on the broader base here federally. Uh, but even from a provincial and from a, a regional standpoint as well. Now, you've had discussions with U.S. officials about that. What, what sense are you getting? So here's what I'm, here's what I'm hearing. Um, first of all, everyone understands how important our interconnectivity is. You know, I, I always use the example, Bill, of an automobile going across the border seven times before it's completed. So, you know, it is very important that we all recognize at the on the U.S. side and on the Canadian side that we are better off, our markets are better off, our businesses are better off if we're connected. Now, I know there are, there are people here in Ontario who would argue that, but we've seen a huge expansion of, uh, of industry with NAFTA. That doesn't mean it can't be better, and so the the approach we're taking is let's find the ways in which we can actually do better. There is nothing about e-commerce in NAFTA. There's nothing about the digital economy because it it didn't exist when uh, when NAFTA was uh, was written. So there are improvements that need to be made, and. My, my governor colleagues and the legislators I've talked to in the United States, they get that. They don't want to blow NAFTA up and, and destroy the businesses that are um, dependent on Canadian business. There are 9 million jobs in the states that are dependent on Canadian business. And so the, the leaders in those jurisdictions know that. They know in the states that that's important. What we're, what we're dealing with, though, is unpredictability from the White House. We don't know, we don't know, and people in the states don't know exactly what the tack, the tack is going to be from, uh, from the White House. And so that creates some uncertainty, but it also creates an even greater need for us at the subnational, and by that I mean the provincial, the state, the municipal level, to have really strong relationships so that we can talk to each other. I'm not going to be at the NAFTA negotiating table. It's the federal government that will be there. We will be input, you know, we'll be giving input to the federal government. Are you comfortable they have your back? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, there's no question. Ontario is such an important part of the economy. You know, we are 38% of the population of the the country. So we're nearly 40% of, uh, of the well-being in this, uh, in this province, in this country. So I know that the federal government has our back. At the same time, we need to be very specific in our conversations with the Fed so that when they go to the table, they understand exactly what is needed. So we'll play that role. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to reach out to governors. I'm going to be talking to legislators. I'm going to be going to the National Governors Association this summer because those relationships and in the end, are going to be really important for us. It's how in New York we got, you know, we got a, a retraction of a very broad and potentially damaging provision on Buy America mm-hmm. from the uh, the New York budget because we were on the ground, we were talking. Our ministers were down there. Brad Duguid, Michael Chan were in New York talking to the legislators in New York about the damage to 
New York jobs if uh, if that provision had gone ahead the way it uh, the way it was written originally. Uh, so much more to talk about, but I know our time is limited. And uh, actually, you've uh, made a, a special allowance to stick around to be on the program here too, because I know you addressed this conference some time ago. So I'll let you go at this stage because you have to get back on the highway. Thank you so much. It's great. But to I'll see always you again. come back. Thanks, Bill. You're always welcome. Thank I'd love you to so get much. you back next time you're in town. Make sure you pop by. Thanks a lot. Premier Kathleen Wynne, of course, joining us here at the Economic Summit. Thanks again, Premier. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. This is the third annual Bay Area Economic Summit, of course, at the RBG. And uh, well, listen, they always talk about economic indicators, and one of them is always the, the housing market, what's happening with real estate. And uh, we know what has been, has been going on, of course, over the last couple of months, especially here in the Hamilton-Burlington area. Uh, Lou Piriano is here, the president of the Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington. Hey, there's another one of those collaborations between the two cities. The Realtors, of course, uh, between Hamilton and Burlington have been working together for years. Uh, Thanks for coming in, Lou. Great to have you with us today. Wonderful to be here. Give me your idea now. You've been sitting in on some of the sessions. Uh, What are are you hearing? What are you you getting out of what's going on here? What are they saying? Yeah, you know, it's much the same as I hear in conferences all over North America, which is disruption. That is uh, in the vein of uh, Uber and uh, B&B and so on. And uh, so our challenge is going to be to figure out what that means to our members, uh, our 3,100 members locally, as well as our clients uh, in the upcoming years. Most people are just concerned with today and tomorrow for our clients, but certainly if you're an investor, you bought a condo, you might want to know what's going on five or ten years down the road. What is happening? I mean, look into your crystal ball for a second here. You and I have talked on the show over the last number of months about how red hot the market is. Uh, There are statistics that seem to indicate that things in the GTA are cooling off right now. Uh, the uh, the main numbers were still pretty hot for Hamilton right now. Do, do you anticipate a cooling off in this area, in the Hamilton-Burlington area? Well, you know, it depends if you're a buyer or a seller, how ah. you define cooling off. Uh, <laughs> as, a, as a seller, it's cooled. As a buyer, you are faced with more choice now. And uh, so what we have basically is a level number of sales, but an increasing number of listings. So we call that the sales to listings ratio. And back a couple of months ago, the sales to listings ratio was about 80% of the homes on the market were selling. And now for single family dwellings, it's uh, in May, it's down to uh, approximately 58%. And the condo market- quite a drop. Exactly. And the condo market being uh, much even tighter at about uh, 68%. So the bottom line is more listings, not necessarily that there are less sales. So in other words, if I'm a buyer, I'm simply saying, yeah, I really like to lose house, but you know what? I, I got time. I got to look around. There's a bunch of other ones up there too, and that's the benefit. But on and and of course, uh, buyers were making offers without uh, conditions on financing and home inspection, which it is was very silly dangerous. before, wasn't it? I it's, mean, they were having auctions. You know, we, I'm taking bids at six o'clock on Saturday. You know, and if you're not in there, you're not in the game. And unfortunately, a few of those sales are not closing now. Oh, really? That uh, their their people are backing out of uh, prices that they um, basically speculated on. And um, or possibly the appraisals didn't come through yeah. at market value. They're they're not very many, but uh, it, it's a it's a warning to people. Well, I guess you know people get a little silly. I guess when things go a little overboard like that. So is it safe to suggest that I don't want to leave people with the impression that the market is starting to plummet right now, but it's heading back to more sane levels? It is as far as, as I said, the sales to listings ratio is concerned, a more balanced market. I looked up this morning at the sky, it was not falling. And <laughs> and, and, and right now, uh, what that means for us is that uh, when you have a sales to listings ratio between 40 and 60%, we consider that a balanced market. So they always look at, at real estate and at housing as, as one of the economic indicators because it tells you that, that people are confident in the economy. We're going to make that, which is for most people going to be the biggest purchase of their lives. 
Uh, do you get the sense that that confidence is still there? Absolutely still there. You know, people need a place to live regardless of economic circumstances, and uh, that's uh, driving us right now, and uh, has and always will. Um, and you can't take one month's statistics as being indicative of anything, really. Uh, by September, we who knows, we could be back into a more active uh, seller's market, shall we say. Well, they're still building new stock around in this area, both at Hamilton and Burlington right now, so who knows how these numbers are going to do. But traditionally, though, and we're almost out of time, I know, uh, summertime is pretty slow for real estate anyway, is it not, traditionally? Yeah, you know, people in this uh, province like to go to the cottage, and you would think they'd want to be there and put the kids in school in September, but they don't. They say, the heck with that, I'm going to enjoy it, come back in September, and the market picks up again, although, as I said, sales are still quite buoyant. But if you really want to get an interpretation of the market, see one of our members. Get the, get the skinny right now because literally it can change month to month, as we've seen, and neighborhood to neighborhood. And they've got all the stats on it, too. Great seeing you again, Lou. Thanks so much for coming hey, in today. Very, very much appreciate Lou Periano, of course, uh, the president and, uh, of the uh, Hamilton Burlington Real Estate Association. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. The third annual uh, economic summit, the Bay Area Economic Summit, of course, put on by the Chambers of Commerce of the uh, cities of Hamilton and Burlington and, of course, the communities themselves. Uh, you heard earlier from uh, the mayors of both cities and uh, the premier, Kathleen Wynne, uh, was here as well, one of the keynote speakers. And uh, this is all the overarching theme, of course, is, as you might expect with an economic summit, the economy and the mixed economies and the cooperative economies of these two cities. And to talk about that, we're so pleased to welcome to the program Frank McEwen, the Executive Director for Burlington Economic Development. Frank, good to see you again. Thanks for coming in today. Well, you were here anyway. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us over. And, of course, Glenn Norton, Hamilton Economic Development uh, Manager as well. Glenn, good to have you back with us again, too. Uh, thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure. Let me ask you, before I start with you, Glenn, uh, the little foray that you guys did in Toronto for a couple of days, uh, which a lot, some people looked at rather skeptically and say, why do you guys have to go into Toronto? To say, we don't need Toronto's approval on this. Uh, give me your read on what happened. I, I, I talked to some of the folks that were involved in this, and... Before I give my comments, I want to know how you read what was happening there. Yeah, so so there was nothing about getting Toronto's approval. That certainly wasn't uh, anything even on the agenda. We went in as equals, which is what we are. And it was about letting Toronto know about the business opportunities in Hamilton. That it's not necessarily the city you think it is, that we are a city that has grown and changed and matured in so many ways. So it was really about just getting that information in their hands. Which is kind of along the theme of what I heard, too. And I think, Frank, it goes to a, a theme that we've, I think, developed here in, in this Bay Area over the last little while. There was a time not too many years ago where we were intimidated by the fact that, you know, that Toronto's just down the highway. We just can't compete. I mean, we'll get the scraps, I guess, but everything's going there. That, that's that's not the case anymore. That's not the case at all. I was at, I was at a dinner last night, and, and um, somebody asked me how difficult it would be to conduct economic development activities with this black hole of Toronto sucking everything up. And my response was, no, that that city of Toronto is the greatest thing that could happen to us. Uh, We have a huge economic base there. You've got all the financial institutions here. And what I really see happening is, uh, first of all, I think Hamilton is really on the rise and is is really in a good position. But I also think that uh, as so many things are changing in how people work, there's a huge opportunity in what what I think of as the GTA West or the end of the, the west part of the lake. But but the area at this end of the lake, with all the connectivity, um, is going to become is a huge asset and will become more of an asset uh, as it links into Toronto. And the, in fact, it's easier to get from here up to Kitchener Waterloo too. So 
Um, I, I really think we're in a good position, and I think this west end of the lake, if you will, with um, with uh, Hamilton and Burlington and the activity going on, um, I think we're in great shape, and I think what goes on t- in Toronto is wonderful, and it's going to help us every single day. I, I mean, Toronto's Toronto. I mean, it's it's always going to be the center of commerce. I, I love it. It's a great city, and it's I, I agree with you. I, you know, it's, it's great to be this close to, to such a huge hive of activity like that from an economic standpoint. But when I look at some of the trade publications, uh, and I know you guys probably got them stacked up in your offices right now, uh, you know, and these are national and international trade publications that point to your two cities, Hamilton and Burlington, and say, tradition over the last four to five years, you are time and time again uh, named as, as two of the best cities, not just in this country, but in North America, in which to invest, uh, livability, uh, economic development, things of that nature. That speaks volumes to the kind of work that your communities have gone on with. Uh, absolutely, and, it, and it's continuing still. I mean, we have not reached uh, the top by any means of the potential of our Bay Area economy. There's still lots to go. We, we currently can boast, uh, quite rightly, of the most diversified economy in Canada, which is really a, a powerful thing when you're not tied to one industry. lets us weather downturns so much better. And we're also now seen as an area of innovation. And you heard Tom Jenkins uh, speaking this morning about the tech corridor, the tech cluster that we're in, you know, us, Toronto, Kitchener-Waterloo, and everything in between. We all have something to offer, and uh, if we think of ourselves as a big area, really, we're, we're massive. We can compete with things like Silicon Valley, uh, Berlin, and uh, Austin, Texas. And, and that's something that's kind of unusual, Frank. I mentioned that to the mayors earlier today. There was a time back when BlackBerry started to, uh, to make international news, of course, and we all looked at KW with a little bit of envy and say, why can't we do something like that here? Now KW is saying, look, at, why don't we partner? I mean, what you guys are doing in Burlington, what you guys are doing in Hamilton, there will be a tripartite cooperation here of going on. And uh, it's it's amazing to see the, the development that's gone on here. And it's obviously caught their attention, but it's got the world's attention as well. Well, when I, li- you know, um, I actually used to work for OpenTech, so I sold a business to them a number of years ago. And, and uh, the BlackBerry issue, the OpenText issue, what it is is, um, those corporations develop the ability to go global. It's an executive capacity, it's a knowledge capacity, it's a skill capacity to take a business and operate around the globe. Um, and you need that capacity to help companies as they're starting up um, to be able to move out. Because to be competitive, you, you can't make it in the local market. You've got to be able to build a business, get it going, and you've got to take it global. You have to go after U.S. markets and international markets. And the, the linkages are, how do you do that? How do you get people to help you go global? How do you market in a global world? How do you fund those kind of things? And well, it, You've been there, done that. How yep. does it happen? Well, it really helps to have people that have done it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't get, up, get out of bed in the morning and know how to figure out how to operate in China. You just don't wake up in the morning knowing how to do that. Um, you know, there's so many different regulations and requirements. Uh, you, you have to be able to connect with people that have done it. And that's where you're looking for those, th- th- this whole collaboration idea. And that's why when BlackBerry broke down, or s- downsized, I guess mm. would be a kinder word. Evolved. All, the, <laughs> all those people that had, had global talents, global distribution channel talents, global product development talents, all those people moved out into the market and started to do things. And those are the things you have to move those through to help those companies grow. As, as we look at those global markets, though, Glenn, and, and the evolution that's going on, uh, it, it must be ha- helpful and, and beneficial, obviously, when you go to some of these conferences or you're dealing with people like that. I know that you and the mayor were over in France a couple of months ago, I guess it is now, uh, that when you hand out the business cards, they know who you are and they know where you're from and they know what's going on here. 
So I think we're probably less well-known than we might think we are in the world stage. So again, going back to Frank's earlier point, um, Toronto is a great boon to be right down the street because they do recognize the name Toronto. Oh, that goes on everywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, if you're over in Scotland or England, they say you're from, well, it's near Toronto. Yeah. It's near Toronto. That's always got to be a starting point, doesn't it? Exactly. It is, and that's that's fair. And then we're able to, from there, differentiate ourselves from Toronto and say, here's why an opportunity in Hamilton might work for you. And in, in uh, Leipzig, Germany, uh, we had numerous of those conversations. Companies in Europe are looking at North America, and they're thinking, this is their next move where in North America should I go and we're able to just because of the stand the really stable banking arrangements and political environment in Canada say we're a great option we're very close to the US market which yes is 10 times bigger than us but you we also offer all the stability and the great things about Canada so it, it's playing well for us in Europe do you, do you need those those victories though Frank uh, to, to put in the portfolio uh, when you do have those conversations with other people, I mean, you know, with the, uh, you see some of the stuff that's come to these areas right now, that uh, international competitions, uh, and they choose this area over, you know, I, I, well, even some of the companies that started the Innovation Factory and Innovation mm-hmm. Park years ago, Freinhofer's, which uh, is moving in there now, the German company, yep. uh, to, to build that, that, that base so that when you, you do those calls or when those calls come in, you can say, well, look who else is on site here. You absolutely need it's, those. It's like things. a baseball team. If you get a big free agent, everybody else wants to play there. You know, and the the, the danger there is going for the whale. I mean, yeah. if I put yeah. my sales hat on, if I spend all my time going after the whale, I I starve to death. But um, you you need to have those stories. Um, you know, we just we just opened a, a technology center in Burlington, tech place, not to compete with the innovation factory, but to work with the innovation factory because we needed a place in Burlington to do a better job connecting. The first company that's coming in is a company coming in from Dubai in the UK. And so so you can attract businesses in and you can get them to come in and start. We just had another company with about 150 people, a European finance company moved to Burlington. They just opened their doors uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and again, that's a European financing company that wanted, they wanted to be in the GTA area. Um, but when you look at housing costs and all those other things, it became a really good place to be. So you want to have those stories to tell. Um, they're very, very important to tell. Uh, but it, you're still se- in the end, you're still selling the quality of life connected to the city, of, you know, the Toronto region. I think we're getting that idea now too, aren't we? I, I know there was one elected official that, when the announcement was made that McMaster was going to be partnering with you on this endeavor. Uh, they said, well, you know, they're abandoning Hamilton. What are they going And he was, he was immediately chastised by almost everybody else on council saying, no, you don't get it. This is a collaboration, which, which tells me, you know what, it's starting to resonate with people. They're understanding here that this is, this is not competition. This is collaboration. And, 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 you know, this is the working in tandem with what's already happening in Hamilton. Uh, it's going to be mutually beneficial for both communities and for this, this greater community as, as a whole. If I could, you know, one of the things that I know has been on the agenda, and I know the city managers are talking about it, but getting our, you know, improving the link, the public transit link between the two cities. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that on, yeah, that's on my question list when Chris and James join us, yeah. So ask that question. I will. <laughs> the, you know, because that's the question we get from employers all the time. We actually have so many people moving back and forth yeah. from a work yeah. point of view that we really need to do a better job on that. But, but. Let's talk about that collaboration that goes on here. And I mentioned uh, from a community standpoint, you know, like the realtors of Hamilton, Burlington, you know, the United Way, uh, the YMCA's. Uh, that that Hamilton, Burlington collaboration has been going on for quite some time. Uh, and and it's almost as if at a political level, they almost uh, we're trying to turn their back to what was the obvious here. 
about the, the, the linkage that goes on here. I mean, even the building in which we're sitting right now, I mean, straddles these two communities. And you know, I defy anybody who's driving out here on York Boulevard to say, okay, where does Hamilton end and Burlington begin? I, I don't know. When you turn up and go to the, well, I don't know. And they don't know. And they shouldn't know because it's really just a, it's an arbitrary line, really, isn't it, between Abs- two communities? Absolutely. It's, it's a political line, and it's done for reasons that are quite understandable in our democracy. And, you know, you have to have the boundaries of something in terms of taxation and spending. But uh, culturally and socially and economically, there really is no boundary. And uh, that's the way we, we need to continue to think. And I think we'll continue to thrive if we do that. And we look outside this, and, and you guys both know from your experience, of course, working uh, beyond uh, these borders right now, that, that you know those that are, are looking at economies and looking at potential areas for redevelopment, et cetera, they look at this area as a cluster. They don't look at, well, there's Hamilton over there, there's Burlington, there's hmm. KW. They look at this area, this whole area, this uh, this southern Ontario area as a cluster growth. And uh, we're part of it, whether we like it or not. So it's about time we understood and realized that. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, one, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention about the... Um, the need to work with and grow our existing local companies, right? So Frank and I do spend part of our time trying to attract companies from Europe and Dubai and so on, but we spend most of our time working with our existing uh, companies who have been here. And, uh, well, you know I've had that yeah. discussion with you, Glenn. Yes. And every time we talk about economic uh, you know, attraction, you say, uh, and retention, and yes. retention. He always throws that in before. Yeah. Go, All right, it's, retention. It's yeah. so true, and growth. And, and there's a couple of announcements. They're not ready to be made public yet, but we, we have a couple of companies who are multinationals, and their parents in uh, foreign countries have given them the opportunities to to take a product and uh, in-house into into Canada. So they're competing with their branch plants around the world and because of the great workforce and the work ethic and all the other variables that go into it, they've said, Canada, we'd like to give you first shot at that. That to me is very, very important and, and we're very proud of that and very proud of our workforce that we have here. Frank, when we talk about the innovation and some of the new technologies and hopefully some of the new companies that are going to be working here and retained here, yes, thank Glenn, you. to your point, uh, what are we doing to make sure that we have a workforce for those companies as they come here and as they continue to grow and to expand? Uh, you know, we, we, we look at, uh, I, I did a story yesterday on the program about uh, from the Trades Council that are saying we're not even sure if, if what the jobs of the future are going to be, so we certainly don't know if we got the training for them right now. Uh, this is, a, as you mentioned, a global economy. It's a very competitive area right now. And uh, and if they don't see that that potential for, for a labor force right now, uh, they're not going to look a second time here, too. What, what are we doing to try to make that happen? Well, I, so that I would give this as a personal opinion rather yeah. than a, an official position. But it, it goes back to STEM. So science, tech, science and technology, education, um, we... The world is shifting. It is going this way, as as Tom talked about. Um, you you can't you can't bail out on the technology side anymore. Um, we need more and more students studying technology, science, and technology, um, and we have to have attitudes inside organizations um, that they need. To, people need to understand as much as they're capable of understanding, because technology is driving how these businesses operate. They're going to drive how you connect with other businesses. So. So what do you do? You, you to me, you start with the kids. Um, you have to start at the high, at, at a very basic level. So, you know, we've just well, they're op- teaching computer coding in elementary school over in Europe right now. That's what it, you, you literally. We have to get down to that level. Um, I know we just opened Tech Place. We're working with the library on their makerspace to bring some, you know, to have this make sure it's introduced and and that kids are being made aware of it. Um, this is our future will be uh, our ability to move forward on the technology side. 
that it is overwhelming the world. it's it's got the disruption things we haven't talked about. um i think we talk about them, don't 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 know how to address them as technology changes the social fabric of of society. how do we deal with that and i think the next area that really has to take a look is government itself because government's going to have to take a look at how what the social structures have to be uh when when so few people can produce so many goods. Um, and so I think we have to make sure we balance those two things. You touched on, I, I got to pick up on, on the word library because you both talked about this. And, and I, I've stated my bias. Our, our daughter mastered in, in library science and technology, got her master's in that. Uh, and I know because of the work that she's done since she's left university uh, about the, actually the new role that libraries are playing in economic development right now, especially when it comes to small business. And, and I know you both with your library mm-hmm. systems work with them uh, and they basically supply the tools for an awful lot of small businesses right now, whether it's digital technology, et cetera, like that. They have become a, a huge ally right now for small business to say, well, look at it. You know, that's great, Glenn. You say I should be having this and this and that. I can't afford that. These guys will do it for you. Yeah. There's the, there's the resource right now. It's a new tool that, that 15, 20 years ago was, was probably never even thought of, but now it's become an essential tool to economic development. Oh, absolutely. Just look at the ground floor of our, our central library on yeah. York Boulevard and look at the space that's dedicated to uh, computer stations versus books. And, and you'll see that you know you got to look to find some books now. It's the computer stations and the people helping you get access to that information online. And it's also become more than just a, a center of learning. It's also become a cultural space. So as they were able to shrink the the book uh, size up on the third floor, the fourth floor, I forget which, they've got a beautiful space up there, including a maker space. There's a performance space. There's a community space. So they become more in the community, much more integral to the community than uh, was ever imagined in the old format of a library where you borrow a book and you return it two weeks later. It's a whole new ballgame now. It's very fluid, isn't it, uh, what's going on, Frank? The, the, the whole essence of economic development, from picking up the phone and cold calling and say, look, would you be interested in investing in Hamilton and Burlington, uh, to, to so many different facets right now. And it's, it's almost changing on a weekly basis. Uh, it changes all the time. Um, I, I've kind of gone, and I think uh, um, Hamilton's done the same thing. Um, you know, social media, the, the, the way we communicate. Yeah. So I've made sure we've hired lots of young people in the office because we have to be able to operate at so many different levels. Um, and how, the, how all that social media and communication goes on, none of it, you can hardly keep up with uh, politically what's going on with all the, the tweeting and, um, and uh, postings. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you keep up with all that and stay focused on your job? I, I, um, I cert- certainly, one of the things I we try to do is really stay stay very focused on some specific objectives um, it still works for us um, I, I sometimes think we have to think about how we communicate better and tell people what we're doing a little better um, that's probably an area that all of us have to do a better job in um, but we are doing the work we're just not necessarily communicating to the public about exactly what we're doing well hopefully shows like this and uh, and summits like this will try to get that message out there as well uh, it's an exciting time for these two communities, and uh, you know, just uh, the fact that you and I are sitting here talking about a lot of stuff that uh, wasn't even on the table a year ago, right now, and it's already become part of, of 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 the strategies now for these two cities is remarkable in and of itself. Thanks so much for being here, both of you, and uh, continue good luck with what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks, Bill. It's my pleasure. Great Thank to have you with us.
Frank McEwen, uh, Executive Director for the Burlington Economic Development Department. Of course, Glenn Norton, Glenn Norton rather, from Hamilton Active. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.